All right, welcome back to the first uh, resurrected edition of the TV Water Cooler podcast. Uh, joining me is Navelle J. Lee from Buzzworthy Radio, and we're going to talk about the daytime Emmys, which were June 24th in Pasadena. So welcome, Navelle, and yeah. I will just say that I can't believe it's been this long since we've ever done one of these. <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, we've never worked on anything publicly, always in the DMs and and doing and talking about the daytime industry. But this is our first uh, official. I mean, it only took, what, 12, 13 years? At least if, if that, because I'm just going like we've always we've always conversed on Twitter, whether it was publicly or whether it was in direct message. But it was always we've always had constant communication, but we've never actually done one of these things. And I'm just kind of going, why? Especially, especially, especially uh, one of the things I want to uh, point out for all of you guys out there that, uh, uh, that are listening to this is that I really wish we did it back then a few years ago. I think it was around 2014. I think it was 2014, 2015. And we we were um we were messaging on on twitter about you pointed it out that you were like did 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 wired R copy your website and i was oh, like yes the, you know, the buzz the gc buzz the gc buzz. Buzz. Yeah. buzz and i was going like what are you talking about and then you sent me the screenshot of it i was like yo that's that's mine. <laughs> but but I was like, I was flattered. I wasn't even upset, but I was like, like flattered, but I was going, well, I, I, I just rather you asked me to come on the show to just be the GC buzz reporter. <laughs> I, I, you know, I blocked that, that storyline and that set out of my mind. Um, didn't they have like Al Bundy's kid from married with children as like a, a like a worker at that oh uh, yeah david faustino was on the show yeah yeah wow yeah that 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 was a trip i so much has happened since then on the show uh well not really because nothing really sticks on that show but let's not that's not that's not today's topic we're gonna talk about the daytime emmy awards they finally happened in person you were there after three years uh, before we talk about your experience on the red carpet and backstage, let's talk about the the winners. G G H had a clear sweep of some of the major categories. Uh, first time winners uh, for Kelly Tebow, who plays Britt, Nicholas uh, Chavez, who plays uh, Spencer, and Jeff Cober as uh, Cyrus Renault. Uh, what are your thoughts on those winners? I was very I was very surprised uh, for all of those winners and, uh, and don't forget GH also won for, uh, directing. Yeah. Outstanding show. Outstanding show. I will say that once I started seeing those slew of winners at the beginning of the show, because, uh, Kelly and Jeff went back to back. And then when it got to Nicholas's category, I just said, they're going to win best show. It's just, it's inevitable. I mean, one of the things I always say about it is like, if you don't, if you win, writing and directing both you're not going to win best show <laughs> you either have to win one or win none and then you'll get best show <laughs> but um but i think as far as kelly goes that was i loved her turn as brit when she came back to yeah. do the role i think and i i dead set honest with this and i even said this publicly so this is not even something that was a secret 
I think she improved drastically since the split with Brian. Right. Yeah. Nothing held her back. And I just saw a lot more. I just saw a lot more fun. I saw a lot more emotion. I saw a lot. Yeah. A lot more emoting from her and her winning and supporting. It, it didn't surprise me, but it was a very happy surprise to see that because as I said to her in the press room, I said, you went from David Guetta's love is gone to being an Emmy award winning actress. Now this has to be a big, a big, huge accomplishment and feeling for you because honestly, this girl has gone through so much in her acting career and, uh, and we watched her for so many years and just seeing her talents improve, improve over time is it, it, it's extraordinary for me. I, I honestly felt like it was it was definitely deserving of a win for her, um, just for the mere fact of when I watched her. It it's definitely um, a vast improvement than where we were before with her, um, and it's and it sticks and it's resonating and it and it's popping. So I, I, I'm very happy for her, Jeff. Dude, I, I wanted Jeff to win. <laughs> that one was honestly my uh, pick for that category. I, I wanted Jeff to win that. I was a fan of Cyrus Renault ever since Jeff came on the scene and he, he just impressed me in so many ways in, in this, in this role. And I hate, I, I love to hate him and vice versa. I hated to love him. So adding the fact that he was Laura's biological half brother was just the icing on the cake for me. And just seeing his interactions with Jeannie Francis and all of those scenes that they've had together was absolutely phenomenal. But that actor connects so many circles around everybody in that show. And it's amazing how he just came into this show. This was his first soap role and he, he just dominated. He literally just dominated that character. It was, it was, it was incredible. Um, and some heavyweights like, uh, Brian James, who was one before, uh, Jordy, um, He's Jordy yeah, been in the industry for so long so just coming on there and you know playing you know against the characters that he or the actors that he gets to play off i think that that's been great and a recent scene is when now that he's found god that really gave me the chills i think it was the that big um genie francis's episode for the what is it fifteen thousand episodes yeah we kind of touched on that in the, in the interview a little bit but yeah, we look forward to, to watching that. Um, and as for Kelly, I think, you know, she's been on the show and I, I don't think people realize it's been almost what it's been at least 10 years that she's been on and off the show. And yeah. the writing is finally there for her. They're playing her as a, like a more of a viable character ever since they, they paired her with Jason, which, you know, didn't work out for obvious reasons, <laughs> but I'm glad <laughs> that they're, they're still invested in this character. They've brought on a new actor or a new character, um, I, a lot of people online are calling him truck nuts, Cody. Oh, <laughs> he's <an> actor, <laughs> a great actor. It's just hilarious of how, um, he's turned into like this meme almost online, um, with some of the fans, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm glad that, uh, she's, she's stuck around and we're finally getting. And, that, and that's a very valid point that you just brought up because again, when she came back, we had no idea that we're going to invest in the character of Brit Westbourne at all, because that was my fear to be quite honest with you. I, when I heard that she was returning, yes, I was happy, but I also was worried at the fact that they weren't going to write for her and yeah. write for her properly. Um, the fact that they invested so much into this character to make her not a one note character, 
they actually gave her layers this go around. That's the main reason why she stuck. She was able to stick around because they actually were able to apply all that stuff to her character, and that made her more. Uh, that fleshed her out more. Yeah, and, and that's really what I appreciated about this uh, go around with with Brit and Kelly. So, yeah, she's not just the Brit the Brit anymore, right? She's no, not right. at all. Yeah, uh, the younger the younger performers. That was a huge category. They had some some. I mean, Lindsay Arnold. Uh, Olivia Allen Lind, she was she was great as Faith, uh, William Lipton and Sydney Michaela too, who was terrific. Um, Nick Nicholas Chavez won, which which is great, but it's such a it was such a big category. Did do you think that they could split that up again? So that's actually uh, one of the things I will mention is that was asked of him in the in the press room, okay. uh, which was which was made public. Just so you know, yeah. uh, but. But uh, before I, I answer that, I just want to say that that was a really tough category because there were some really great young talent in there. And I picked Sydney to win that category, mainly because I felt like she had more material than Nicholas did, as well as William Lipton as, with the Franco Franco death stuff. Right. I that those two probably would have been more of the shoe-ins to win than Nicholas. But, but that's not anything against his acting abilities or anything like that. It's just that I didn't, I didn't think he had a, a lot of material within the past year in order for it to uh, garner him the win for this for this category. That that's really it. Yeah. But because he, uh, he only started last year. Yeah. yeah, and he was and he was just able to come in and already guns blazing, getting that getting that award right on the stage. I listen, it was. He was very emotional, and I was I was just sitting there watching him in his speech, and I was very proud of him. But uh, in answer to your question, I uh, as I said, that was that was mentioned in the press room because even he, uh, Nicholas, felt that he didn't understand why it was combined, and he felt that it should be separated uh, between actors and actresses in the younger category. So he felt that that, that should be how it should be going forward. Uh, it's split into two, um, and I and we all agreed with them, uh, especially myself and a couple of others. We all sat there going like, "Well, you're not wrong. Uh, there's there's plenty of talent across the pool between both actors and actresses, and it should be split." I I for me, I didn't understand the need to combine the two at all. Um, I felt a part of it could have been they didn't feel like they had enough talent in the younger category, and they just combined it. But that younger pool is growing still. Yeah. So they could have kept that apart. But that's my only reason why I think they did not okay. keep, keep it apart. Again, I don't have any confirmation on that. I don't know for sure. But that's my feeling on it. And honestly, I don't feel it's necessary to keep it as one category. Great. Well, we'll see what they do next year. Uh, John McCook won his, believe it or not, is, his first, is that his first Emmy? That is first Emmy. How many, I think he had a several nominations though, but this is his first one. Yeah. After 35 years being on bold, that's his first one. That was that was intense for me because I felt this category could have went either way with all of the nominees ever. Um yeah. I did I pegged Eric Martzoff to win this one. Right. Because he did have a lot, he did have a lot of nice material for days this past year, 
So I did peg him to win, but I know that John McCook was also one that everyone was looking at to possibly win the category too. And just seeing the fact that he was finally acknowledged by his peers after 35 years in, in, in that role, even though I know he's obviously been in the business longer than that since he was on YNR prior to that yeah. as Lane. But uh, 35 years in the role of bold and being honored was just was really amazing. And, and just and even seeing uh, his co-star Kimberlyn Brown just showing the love and affirmation for him was was so touching. That was just a that just melted my heart, obviously, for obvious reasons, as most of y'all know. But uh, <laughs> I was very proud of him. I that that man has been a big staple in, in a part of my life for for over 30 years so to see his get his get his flowers was great it was very well deserved and i and a historic win was michelle morgan uh she finally won uh standing lead actress first, <sighs> first black performer in the lead categories right that's the first the very first when we posted about it that night when it happened we all stood there and the first thing i said to uh, Tony Moore was, this is the first time a, a black actress won in lead, isn't it? And we all looked it up and we were all, yeah, this is the first. And we were there to witness that history being made. And Michelle is a talented performer. They uh, And I still say to this day, it was a mistake for the young and the restless to get rid of her. Oh, totally. I it was kind of like in your face, like, look at this, right? I I said it flat out that night. Yeah, that this is this win that she got for her role as Amanda is as is the fu to when you got rid of me as Hillary, and I I was just sitting there going like I was embracing that moment for her because again she I, that category was pegged for more from everyone else that I have talked to either Cynthia Watros or Marcy Miller. Yeah, to win that category, and then when it, it and then when it happened to be Mich- Michelle Morgan, you should you should have heard the room. The room was on fire. Like literally, I never heard so much applause and shouts for that for that win. Not just win, but historic win. Yeah. That night, that was that was incredible to me. And the fact that we all got to witness that in person as well as those who were watching on television, that was incredible after, you know, especially being there after two years, uh, two and a half years, not being there in person. And then when we come back for our very first time after that, and then we get to see this happen, that's a huge feat. That was a huge accomplishment. I and do that wanna, was, I do want to remind her, she is from Toronto, she's Canadian. So Canada was cheering for her too. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, it was a big moment for Canadians too, but. Yeah, for so fans and to, to finally see and have her have that moment with her speech, especially what was going on politically that day. Was huge. Mm-hmm. There has been a lot of comments like when when it was mentioned about the fact that she was the first black actress to win and lead. People were surprised and go like, how is it that it took 49 years for this to happen? 49, 49 years for this to happen. And you could even rewind back to the primetime Emmys when Viola Davis won. It took over 60 years for that to happen. Yeah. And here we are, the daytime Emmys, 49 years for this to happen. And you think about it, like, so Debbie Morgan never won. Victoria Rowell never won. Debbie Morgan never won. She only won for supporting. 
Right. Yeah. And that was a tie with Nancy Lee Gron. Right. So, yeah. So she never won Lee, but she won supporting. And Victoria Rowell never won, as you said. Yeah. And there's been so many actresses, black actresses in that pool that could have won easily, but it's never happened. They never got their no. they never got their accomplishments acknowledged by their peers. And it's just a shame. Uh, Jessica, the actress who played Jessica Griffin on As Will Turns, she was also in lead for so many years, right? And again. Tamara Tooney was, I loved Tamara Tooney. Yeah. And you, especially when they started that story with uh, Jessica and Duncan, which was, I think, the second, it's either the second or the third interracial relationship on daytime television, because I think there was one on One Life to Live. And then General Hospital with uh, Tom Hardy and Simone, and then Jessica and and Duncan. You know that you know these storylines paved the way for other storylines to have those interracial relationships. And her playing that story, especially with her family, her on-screen family, where they were against the fact that she was involved with a white man, and that she was set to marry a white man and had his and had his child. You know, that those scenes, which again came back into my life on YouTube, by the way, yeah. and I was watching them, I was watching them and I was just going like, how is it that she doesn't have an enemy in her? How is that? How is that? Because she played that so beautifully. And, you know, she played that. You could feel her emotions about how her family turned on her. And I just don't understand how she could not have an Emmy in her, on her dresser drawer somewhere. It's just it's it's awful that we don't have that representation as black actors in in this and 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 it's just taken so long for it to be acknowledged. I'm very happy. Obviously, we're here celebrating that historic achievement, but the the, the fact of the matter is, it took this long for that. I hope that this is a wake up call again for Sony and CBS to realize who they have and what they have. And when contract negotiation time comes up again, that she won't have to fight as hard as she has in the past. I agree. Uh, and, 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 you know, the network talks about inclusion and equality and the main comments that I see and I even have myself is, all right, you boast about it when that time comes, when we're celebrating Black History Month, or when we're celebrating Asian, Asian uh, Heritage Month and then Juneteenth. But then I'm also sitting here going like, well, what are you doing now for your network? Because you're not really doing anything for the network itself. No. You're putting it on your Twitter official network, Twitter account, as well as your Instagram. But what are you doing for those actors of those, of those heritage, uh, of those uh, nationalities? You're not doing anything for them. You're not really promoting them in a way that they need to be promoted. Mm-hmm. I feel that on YNR and and B&B especially, I feel that they're they're showing them but not doing anything for them that works well for their characters at all. Uh, and they're not shown enough. No. So I don't feel the investment is there. I just feel like that they're being shown just because they want to keep up appearances, but they need to do more. It took them 20, what, over 20 years to mention chemo again? I just don't even understand that. We talk about chemo all the time. And then when it happened, when it officially happened for them to talk about chemo a few months ago, which also coincided with Susan Walters' return to the show. Yeah. 
we were just sitting there going like, oh, so does that mean Kimo's going to come back to the show? Like, what's going on? Like, why did it take from 96 to 2022 to mention Kimo? Yeah, it was dead. So th- thank you for that. <laughs> I mean... It, it made Jack a grandfather, well, to like an old or an older grandchild. So I guess we have that and uh, we'll see with that relationship with Allie and Noah, how that progresses. And I just want her to call Jack grandpa because that'll, that'll seal the deal. That'll and, seal the deal? <laughs> <laughs> I think it'll... I mean, I, I will say, and I will say this too, uh, and in reference to the point of what we're talking about with inclusion and equality, I was like, look at what happened on BNP back in 2015. This was seven years ago. And we had that story with the AVANS with Maya being a transgender. And we had this, this black family as a core focus of that sh- I mean, like, they were the primary focus for how long on that show? And then all of a sudden, they're gone. They're gone. And it's like they never existed, almost. And mention them anymore. They're not talked about anymore. Hashtag Bolt with a T is like, no no longer exists. It no longer exists. Oh. And, it, it was, and that, to me, was very upsetting. Because Bold and Beautiful never really had a Black family on that show for so many years. I think the first character, Kevin, was introduced in 1993. And he was he wasn't there for that long. He was, I think he was only there for like two years. They also and, had stories from Saved by the Bell, Lisa Turtle. Yeah, she came in like right after he left the show. Yeah. And for those of you who don't know who Kevin is, he was kind of primarily introduced when he was working with Sly at the bar and he was somewhat involved in Macy's story when she got back on the bottle. Thanks, Sheila Carter, for that, uh, which I did not know till uh, old episodes started creeping up. And I realized that Sheila actually got was the reason why she went back on the bottle. So <laughs> I did not know that until this year. So there's there's something that I learned uh, recently. But she's people. She's been pushing people off the wagon for for like I was I know when when she made Brooke go off, off the wagon and then I was going like wow so she did it to Brooke and she did it to Macy and she only did it to Macy because she was pissed at Thorn so <laughs> so uh, so there was that but it was just the idea that there was that one character representation then and then he was gone and then Locke came in she was there uh, for a year then she was gone and then we didn't really have anybody until Zenday came on the show. But they really didn't do anything with Sunday at the time. No, he was a child. But they also a child. They did the Latino thing. They brought on the Hispanics because they were now doing second language, and they right. had the moment. And I think Deacon even got a Latina girlfriend at one point. And he did it. It uh, Ramona. Uh, no, not Ramona. That was her character's name on Y and R. That's why I was like, that, that's not her name on Bold and Beautiful. So. <laughs> Her name on Bold and Beautiful was Carmen, but it was the same actress who played Ramona on The Young and the Restless that was somewhat involved with Victor after the plane crash. So, but it was just, yeah, they had that representation there in 2001. Uh, and that, again, only lasted for what, a millisecond, a millisecond, even a millisecond. And, uh, and then that went away. And then there wasn't really any more representation 
really. I mean, I don't know if we we can probably say that even with Lorenzo Lamas, when he joined the show, there was that. But that also didn't last long. It lasted longer than what I thought it would. Yeah. Because I think that went for a good solid two years, two to three years. And then that was it after that. And then we really didn't have anything until the AVAM came on board. And, you know, Maya came on first, but they really, it didn't really seem like they were pl- they were doing anything with her until that big story hit in 2015 in March. During March Madness, by the way. And- it, was, it was, I think that was the last time. I mean, there had been shocking moments, but that was definitely a shocker. That that was the epitome of cliffhanger, and you left us on a Wednesday, a Wednesday, and we couldn't we couldn't come back until that following Monday. Uh-huh. I was so mad at them. That was the first time I was ever like that with a soap in so many years, because I was sitting there going like, "Are you freaking kidding me?" And <laughs> it was it was the best surprise that we've ever seen and i i love the fact that they were doing so much with that a with the avant family i loved when uh carla mosley's character of maya on the day of the wedding where she overheard her father yeah i still remember that yeah you remember the scenes yeah all of the all of those things that he had to say about her and i was just sitting there and i was going like that's it that's our emmy reel right there like you didn't even have to have words, and that was how great it was. The fact that she was snubbed, case in point, she was snubbed, man. She was snubbed, and we are all thinking she was going to get the nomination. She didn't get the prenup. No. And the fact that she didn't even get that, it's very sad that she was not acknowledged for that for that piece of work. Let alone her work during that storyline overall she definitely deserved her flowers there and she was not recognized that's still to this day it hurts me it Your hurts Emmy snubs uh moving on to the outstanding show is gh deserving of outstanding show it's entertaining uh, they keep you coming back i kind of have a love-hate relationship with gh at the moment i just feel like while it's entertaining i'm excited to watch it some of their casting really kind of pisses me off like there's so many missing characters in play. Like you have a special around Laura, but two of her kids aren't on the canvas. Hardly ever mentioned Lulu and Lucky. I think it's time to bring back Lucky. I thought um, Josh Kelly would have made a good Lucky, but he's, you know, Cody, this mysterious, another mysterious, mysterious character. I could never really get into Willow or Sasha. I always felt like that should have been a Serena. It's just, I don't know if it's just me, but it's hard for me to invest in some of these characters have great actors, but it's hard to invest in them when they're just these throwaway characters. I could, you know, go away and be fine. I think in the first thing, Josh Kelly, I would have definitely welcomed as lucky. I kind of felt that that should have happened as well when I heard that he was coming to the show because we need to have a, another character which we can say is a legacy character that's tied to another legacy character back on back on the canvas laura doesn't really have any family on the show right now as you said lulu's still in a coma and lucky's god knows where and that's about it and he has new she has relatively like new family with the brothers and you know but and i don't necessarily hate that majority of the time when they introduce characters that are tied to a legacy character, I don't hate that majority of the time. 
But I'm also sitting here going like, but she has kids that are still kind of viable to the show. Why are they not being utilized in, in some way, shape or form? And that's that that's where I'm at. I kind of was going, oh, he could be he could be new lucky. But then when you want to invest in making new characters, which, again, I, I understand some soaps need to bring in new characters. But but when you have an influx of new characters, it becomes way too much. And then you don't want to invest in, in, in these characters anymore. Uh, and that's why I'm going like, all right, let's calm it down with new characters. Let's bring in characters that we were used to seeing and want back in some way, shape or form. Um, the interesting thing about, I will say this, um, when we talked about the fact of josh kelly should have been as lucky i love the fact that amanda Sutton is brooklyn <laughs> you know yeah. that was that was probably the best hire mark tesher ever made in the recent years and because she she brings yeah. she brings so much to that character no and you know i loved adrian leon in the role but there but there's something about amanda's take on the character where i'm just sitting there going this is good this is actually really good. She meshes well with long time, with long time faces on the show, but and she also is bringing the the sultry vixen and also uh, a player as well. And and by player, I mean business player, not right. by relationship. She's got so, the she's got the the business jackets, so the blazers. She Blazer. definitely, she's definitely, she's definitely her father's daughter in that in that realm of reality. So. Uh, I definitely love that casting. I mean, they, again, they 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 have some hits there, but it's as you said, the characters that they're playing is just why should I be invested in them? That's really the the bottom line of it. You know, it's it's very difficult to be invested in a relationship that such as Michael and Willow, where it's it's paint drying on a wall. You know, I was more invested in Willow and Chase than Willow and Michael. Which, which is saying something, because these are two new new characters for long yeah. time. Yeah. Um, it's, it's the same thing with uh, Sasha and... and Brando. And Brando. I love, I, I love Sophia Madsen. I really do. But it's just, again, I'm sitting there going like, what is it about that couple that I'm supposed to be invested in? And that's the thing that's missing. You're not giving me anything to make myself be invested in these types of relationships at all. And with Nina and Sonny, there's a difference there. There's a reason why I'm invested in that because it's not just Nina and Sonny. Then there's Carly and he had the amnesia and everything. There, that story is different. There was reasons for me to be invested. Why would I be invested in these other things? You know what I mean? It, it could have been, I could have sat here and said I would have been invested in Michael, Willow, and Chase when that triangle was happening. If they did more with Chase, you know, it wasn't he wasn't he supposedly paralyzed and in the in the wheelchair? Like they could have done so much with that kind of a story where, you know, more emphasis on him faking that just to catch those two. Like that happened, but I feel like that didn't really happen until towards the end. So yeah. they sorry. No, they have so many characters. And I love that, you know. Port Charles is this living, breathing city with so many characters. It's, you know, very like a British soap where there is a big canvas. And the thing, the big difference is you don't really get that much investment in it. Like harking back to when you said Kelly came back as Brit, 
will they invest in her? It's like that. Will they invest in anyone? They brought on a new Lucas and we never saw him again. I know that that also was something that I felt was off. It's that, all right, so we're recasting it, but then, so we're only doing it to what? Close out the story and then and that's it. And then we're done. I hate that. I mean, I know that's happened in soaps before where they'll bring in a recast just to wrap up and then all of a sudden every cast is gone. And what was the point? What was the point of bringing him back? You could have just said that, you know, Lucas left town at that point, yeah. saying that he, he had to go away to fix his life. And then that that's then that's the extent of it. What was the point of bringing in a recast if you're not going to utilize the recast at all? And and as, as you just said, you know, that's always my worry is that are you going to invest in these characters that you bring onto the show? And and then when you don't, then it's just what did you hire them for? Why are you wasting their talent? Why are you wasting? Why are you wasting them here? It's it's very sad, and it's not just GH because it's something you notice across the board. But yeah, I, the potential is there. Just the execution. I mean, Roger Howard's character. I go thought... on what once a week, and yeah. they really. I mean, honestly, I love Roger Howard, but what was the point of bringing him back as another new character, uh, especially if he's going to have ties ties to the quarter mains? Why aren't you using? I mean you would think that that would utilize the quarter mains a lot more and especially with him, but we're not even getting that. And yeah. I just, I just feel like that's just, that's just, that's pitiful. If it, it, and, and to me, I'm just sitting here going like, well, at, at this point he should have just, you know, that whole thing where they all said at ABC, they weren't going to bring him back as Todd. I was like, well, why? Because of the, what the history of the character was because he raped Marty Saybrook. Um, uh, have you met Sonny Carventos? I'm <laughs> Sonny. I mean, apparently he's 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 godlike. God. I'm just sitting there going like, um, one of your main characters, if not one of your main faces of the show, is a mobster, and he got Scotty Baldwin's daughter involved in in a ring, and I'm just going like, um, hmm, yeah. all right. But you don't want to bring Todd back because he raped somebody. So they pick and, we, and, he, we, and he and they dealt with that on the show. On one, they life. dealt with it on the show. They dealt with it on one life. You and it, his was an interesting redemption, to, to be quite honest, which worked for his character. But but also, they didn't really harp on the fact that he raped marty in general hospital they moved past that yes it was acknowledged but then that wasn't the primary focus his other attributes were his primary focus which he still is a, a schemer and a liar and all that you know that makes up time ending. so that's why i'm kind of going like it it would have made sense to bring it back if you could bring nora buchanan onto the show now that everything has been dealt with you can bring todd manning back to the show because and also me being selfish carly and todd were amazing but Oh, the the chemistry between Laura Wright and Roger Hayworth was was great. That when he was playing, and then even when he was playing Franco, and you know, the I was also a Carly and Franco fan. I really was just because of their chemistry together, and it just popped. And I'm just sitting here going, like, it, I know it's wrong, but I don't want to be right. I want those two together too. <laughs> and I just feel like Cameron Matheson's Drew just—he has no edge. They make him into such a saint. And this man's been like what locked up for like four years, like you would figure that he would come back with some type of trigger. Yeah, and I, I mean, and I think it's it's and Cameron, I love Cameron to death. He's great, 
And and I just think it's I think they're writing to Cameron's personality. I think that's really what it is. They're writing to Cameron's personality. They're not really writing to where he should have that that edge. And listen, I've said it to him and I said it to you, but they should be writing him to the point of where he was at on All My Children when he was going through all that mental crap. <laughs> and he was basically in what we call the, the, the Pine Valley version of Fight Club. Yes. And he was, he was like that. That's kind of how he should be playing Drew right now. And I know people did not like it. But honestly, this is this is what would be needed for the character at this point. We would need that for him. And they're not writing it for that. So that's why I'm kind of going like, well, they're writing to who Cameron is. And that's not what they should do. <laughs> so, I mean, they, they deserve the win. It's an entertaining show. I just, I I think I, I'm starting to expect more. It's not just like we can, you know, we're still on the air. Let's do a show. But I feel like they could give us a lot more. Oh, every, yeah, they can definitely give us a lot more. Yeah, I don't know. All, even, even all the shows can give us a lot more. I think, though, everybody was hoping that Beyond Salem would win because that would have been something that would have been buzzed about as well, going going that this this limited series that was streaming on Peacock winds up winning an award for Outstanding Drama. What does that mean for the future for these types of shows and i'm kind of sitting there going like you know we could easily sit there and say if this gets noticed we can even say now because of the fact that it got noticed for a nomination in in best show as well as writing and directing that this could be something where we could bring something back with uh shows that we don't have anymore uh in some type of capacity maybe but that's just my way of thinking and i know other people think that way too but i'm also sitting here going like it can happen you never know at this point anymore i mean i'd love for peacock to bring some form of another world back i would love some type of form of the city to come back to yeah. because uh, i i i did i did the interview with laura wright and ted king and i said city was about was way above his time like if it was on now i think it would have a better chance of survival let's chat, let's chat about your experience so then you spoke to laura Wright, you spoke to ted king uh i watched your interviews with uh dan who plays the new ej on days uh and then you spoke to the new chance connor floyd uh when can we see more of your your great interviews they're going to be uploaded throughout the rest of this week and Everything should be uploaded by Saturday. Nice. Um, it, it's and I think because it made it easier. Be, one thing that made it easier is that the space between the creative arts and the actual telecast it's a, it was a week apart. So I was able to get all of my creative stuff uploaded already. So now all I'm focused on is from the actual daytime Emmys from Friday, and it's so much better being that way because you're not hopping back to back from this because before it was always on a Friday and then the daytime Emmys was on a Sunday. You didn't really have a break and yeah. it was, you were just so busy throughout and you were just so exhausted. This gave me that break to where I was just going like, I can actually do this, get this done. And then I can have some time to play. This was, uh, that was the biggest, biggest thing about the change that I was so happy about. Number uh, one. Uh, yeah. All right, what gossip can you share with us um, today? Um, I do know that Ted King has been back filming. 
and he just doesn't know when his episodes are supposed to air but uh he is back filming as jack on on the bold and beautiful so um make sure to check out his return i think uh, i think he should be back within the next week or so um but uh yeah he's back filming more episodes uh no one's here. I, I, no one's telling me anything about what's happening with Lee, and I keep trying, but they're not letting me know if uh, if this is the last we've seen of Lee. But it's a soap; you never know. Mm-hmm. And there is a picture that floated around. I saw that. Um, of, of two people that I've been campaigning for oh. that needs to happen in the reunion. And for those of you who haven't seen the picture, Tracy Bregman. And Kimberlyn Brown. Okay. Could could Sheila and Lauren finally have that reunion that we have been clamoring for? And they're kind of hinting at it. They are hinting at it. I hear it hasn't been written yet, but there's talks. There's talks. I I feel like it got kind of got like a resurgence after they they started showing all the old YNR episodes during the pandemic, and they did focus on Lauren and Sheila. And yeah, the appetite is there. I just, no one has told Lauren that Sheila's alive. It's been what, three, four years. And now she's back again, causing more havoc. I just feel like it would have been in the news. I mean, look, that, that, that she would have seen it, obviously, uh, in the papers somehow, that she's yeah. that connected. I mean, if, you, if, if Lauren could meet Dollar Bill, I'm sure she would have known about Sheila being back. But I think it's just interesting how Lauren does not know anything about Sheila's havoc in Los Angeles again and that she has another kid. And that's my other thing. I'm going like, Sheila has all these kids. Where are all these kids at? <laughs> you know, we don't see or hear anything about any of the, her other kids. But um, I think this would this would be entertaining for me because one, if they do cross her over Lauren to B&B, the writing for Lauren on BNB was way different than the writing for Laura and Sheila on YNR because Lauren had more of a backbone yeah. on the Bold and Beautiful. She she really didn't give any two craps about Sheila at that point. And she literally was going like, if you want in a fight, come here and get it. That was the attitude that she had on BNB with Sheila. She really didn't. If anything, she wasn't afraid of Sheila over there in Los Angeles. And then when you get her back into Genoa City, and when she returned in 2005, I had to think about it, 2005, and then all of a sudden it reverted back to where she was terrified of the woman. And I'm sitting here going, oh, yeah, no, get her back on B&B where she, <laughs> you know, where she was just like, you know what, I can take I can take you or leave you, and then that's it. And, you know, so I, I, I'm, I'm very curious to see if that little bit of, the red carpet comes to life on the screen because, you know, everybody's been wanting this, this reunion, as you said, since the classic episodes ran during COVID, but then when they brought her back again, uh, as Finn's, as Finn's mother, then everybody started clamoring again after that, even more going, all right, now she's back again. Now she has another kid. When is Lauren coming over here and handle business? And I'm going, it, it, it needs to come. It, It sounds like it might be coming. So, uh, we're crossing our fingers on that one. Um, go ahead. 
No, I feel like Michael and Lauren, they're just so underutilized over at YNR. So yes, send them to B&B. I mean, the foresters need a lawyer. Anyone on that show needs a lawyer to handle all the divorces. So yeah, why not? Why not send them there for a while? Uh, expect more between there's going to be some more heating up with Donna and Eric on, on the bold and beautiful. It's, it's, don't think that that one, that, that little fling that they just had and they had sex together, it was going to be the end of it. No, they're, it's there's going to be more between those two coming down the road so expect more donna and eric uh and according to jennifer gary's and she feels that this eric and donna are really the relationship that's made for eric their end game that, that, yeah 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 i love i could see, see that though i mean honestly out of his past relationships after stephanie and and even in between, because, you know, Stephanie and Eric did get back together at one point. Um, but I do agree. I think there was a lot more to it with Donna and Eric than his relationships after everything. Um, I do feel like they could be endgame for sure. So I do agree with that because, yeah. honestly, she was the best thing that happened to him for quite a while. I mean, sure, he took Viagra, was on the window ledge and trying to escape but who doesn't do that but uh, but even after that it was just she, she, that that relationship she was very she really did love him she really did love him as he did her so i do feel like that would end game. so yes expect more donna and eric to come um i mean i would like to see justin's take on it I, they kind of just forget about him at times i actually got to speak with aaron's uh yeah. spirit as well and it was just amazing to talk to him about his submission and the fact that they were able to do, even though some people felt like it was out of character for what Justin did, but it was entertaining to watch. And he really did so well. He talked about the fact that Don uh, Diamant was praising him for his work and everything. And he talked about uh, Don's work ethic on the show and that, when they did those scenes, when when Dollar Bill had to confront him about everything that he did to his son and, and whatnot, um, he said that both of them are pretty much the jokesters on set. But when it came to that scene, they really got they really got intense on, on set. They weren't joking around. It was like to the point where they had to get into that scene because it was so it was so much going on. And it obviously worked because, you know, watching that, I just felt like you, these two, these two people who were brothers are no longer brothers anymore. You know, I know that it's scripted, but I'm also going like, I really felt like in real life that that, that friendship ended, but they played it off so well. I, I love that for him, uh, that he was able to get more for his character because again, he also didn't really have much to do for quite some time. He did initially a little, uh, and it was a little bit, but it was, a, it, he did initially when he was brought on and he was uh, Marcus's father and they had, you know, that was uh, his and Donna's child. So there was that, that relationship and that backstory to play off of. Um, and then the other thing I thought was interesting was Ted King's reel was not done by Ted. The show did that for him. So they nominated him or they got, they submitted for him. They submitted for him and made his reel. Um, he had they, he had nothing to do with it. He basically he said that the show did that for him because they felt that he 
should be nominated and that they felt that he could win it. So they made the reel for him and then submitted him. And it obviously worked out because he won the award. So uh, he did. And he's coming back. I uh, think looking for Lee and he's going to ask uh, Thomas and Rich to help out. That's what I yep. heard. Yeah. So, yeah. It, yeah. It's, it's definitely interesting that uh, just seeing everybody walk down on the red carpet and I, you know, Lucas Adams was the first one I talked to on, on Friday, the first one I talked to on Friday. And we both said to each other, I, I don't know if we know how to do this anymore because it's been two years. We, we, we literally were going like, yeah, how do we fall back into it? And we just wound up doing it. Um, and, and there it was, you know, I'm going to miss the guy in Salem, but you know, you know, we talked about the fact that it was, you know, this was bittersweet for him because, you know, now he he's leaving. Now he's really going to miss. He didn't really. I don't want to say he didn't really miss so much of Lucas, the, uh, of of Trip the first time around. OK, it, it, I, I'm trying to say it to where it makes sense. Basically, like when 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 the character Trip exited the first time around, it didn't you know, he didn't really bring that with him when he left. But now because he's leaving on his own this go around now he's going like yeah i'm really gonna miss him he was a big part of me and he's changed so much over the years and and now it's and now this it really it really you know so it, that was that for him this going forward so i thought that was very interesting to note uh from him and i will say this about that red carpet the red carpet i felt was chaotic and i i say chaotic in a sense that it wasn't bad but it's just that <sighs> The for those that don't see it, this is what goes on. So you're in your spot on the red carpet. You're you're at your assigned spot, and then the publicist walk down the line to see where everybody is stationed at. And obviously, if they know you, they're gonna want to bring their talent over to you. So they're looking for where they they know you more so than those that they don't know. So they're looking for the people they know first, and then they're looking at everybody else, and then. What happens is, is that when they see that they know you, then they'll be like, I'll bring your t the talent over to you, but keep it to uh, such and such amount of time. They don't want to go over. So, so they would come over, they would show the signs of who the actors were uh, walking down the carpet, and they ask you, do you want to talk to them? Do you want to talk to them? Do you want to talk to them? And you say yes, or you say no, whatever. So when you say the yes, and they want to bring them to you, then all of a sudden, when they are about to come to you, then another actor comes to you in the in the process so then it's like all right because they're already talking to someone else i'm going to take them and then we'll just swap sometimes yeah. that doesn't happen because then once they get done then they go down the line and then they go off the carpet sometimes they will come back if they see you but that's the point where some of the some of the uh, press have to yell out for them to come back because then they don't notice you and then all of a sudden then you yell out their name and then they'll come back because they want to talk to you and then you have the actors that come very late and the that's what happened this year. They came so late that the carpet, the carpet closed was supposed to close at five. It didn't close at five. <laughs> <laughs> they were still down at the ends talking to people and they were trying to get them off the carpet to get them into their seats. It wasn't happening. Now my, my spot was towards the end and of the carpet. So then when all these actors kept coming up and they saw me, 
they were going like, we want to talk to you, but they're pulling us inside because the carpet's over. And that's because when they're at the beginning with the photos and then coming down and then starting to talk to people, they take up so much of that time. Then they come down towards my direction. And then it's like, I can't talk to them because now they got to go in the building. So that's the reason why I feel like it's chaotic in such a sense. I, you know, they're putting like when the, the publicist put out those stipulations, like only keep it to three minutes or only keep it to two minutes. It's not getting followed. And I'm the only one that I felt like at the time was following that because yeah. I, I, and, and I'm, and I'm not going to sit here and say no one else was, I'm sure there were other people on the carpet that were, but when you, when you're watching it and you're seeing where they are, you can tell for sure they're not following that because then the pub, I'm watching some of the uh, publicists get like frustrated because they're going like, <sighs> because they knew, they knew while we wanted to talk to them, they also knew that they needed to get inside, but they also knew with me, I would have kept it at the two question minimum and whatnot at that point. So, and so it was just interesting to see that they were getting pulled, that the actors and actresses were getting pulled in other directions when they were expected to come to me next. And then it didn't happen that way. So that's why I felt that that's why I said chaotic. Yeah. Hopefully it's a learning experience. Again, a lot of people could be out of practice and uh, I think maybe it's harder for, for on the production end of things to, to get everything back together. But yeah, if, if you did the red carpet on, on Sunday and or Saturday and it's happening again on Friday, they had time. Yeah. I think too, and, and again, like I said, you know, whenever actors arrive, that also kind of bears a, of a hindrance there too. Yeah. Because again, the, if you were getting there by the time the red carpet is supposed to close, then yeah, we're going to not be able to talk to people. Uh, one person in particular that I still to this day am so mad that I have not had the chance to talk to him for eight years since our last red carpet interview was Ron Carlovati. Okay. And, and the reason I mentioned days one best writing. So let's not. Yeah. Yes. And the reason why I'm so mad at that is because every time we see each other on the carpet, we're always at the uh, looking at each other and he's going like, I'm coming to you. But then when he does, the carpet's over and then he gets pushed into the building. So it's always, I feel like that's like a tradition. I feel like that's just literally what's been happening the last several years uh, since then is that that literally is a thing. And I'm not even going to front. That's literally been a thing. And because every time he would walk up and then they would come over and say, like carpet's closing. And all you see Ron is go, Ugh. <laughs> and, we, and because we wanted to do the conversation because we always kept going like we haven't done one and we want to do one and i was just like eh, well here we are again we're not doing one so you know people when people saw some of my pictures that i had with certain members of the gh cast that walked down the carpet because they didn't see them on the red carpet earlier the one in particular dom dom Zembrania, yeah. people were going like oh my god dom's there and i was like yeah dom's here and, but the problem is, is that he really didn't get a chance to really talk to anybody on the carpet. And um, so he had to walk down and then walked in. The only, and I was able to sneak the picture because, you know, I, I saw him and I was able to pull him over. And that, that's how that worked. And, 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 and it really worked out when you have someone working with the GH crew that knows you. That just it's like oh yeah he's good people go ahead and take a picture with him that's how it works and that's how I was able to snag those pictures like that and at the end last, of the carpet yeah you spoke to him last year right 
Yeah, that was so, last year. Uh, Dom, yeah, your last. Yeah, year. I did. I did. Uh, with his, uh, we did a Zoom. We did a Zoom podcast, and uh, yeah, I spoke with him then. Great person. I loved. I love always talking with him, and I'm be honest. I love talking to everybody when I and every time I go there, I always have this sense of nervousness all the time, and I don't know why. I've been doing this for twelve years, but I always get nervous. But I feel like if I did not have that sense of nervousness, I would not be happy doing this, and I shouldn't be back to doing it. I, I think I it's good to feel scared. It's good to feel scared and nervous. I love feeling scared and nervous because I'm. that means I'm excited to keep doing this all the time. And that's why I'm always back there and I'm always promoting. Like these people, I mean, listen, these people work so much and so hard. And I feel like they're the underdogs of this business because they get crapped on. And I love to support these people that have been a part of my life for over 30 years. I mean, these people have been mainstays to my family. Uh, these people have been mainstays to me. And I love their work, and that's why we're here to celebrate them. And I was glad to be back there in person doing that with them. And no matter how chaotic it was, no matter how, no matter how busy it was, it was so much fun. And one of the things I will mention that I'm working on trying to get uh, a podcast with is with Donnell Turner. He's always been one of our favorites here, okay. and he he basically said there's some stuff that he wants to talk about that he's trying to make happen over there at GH. So that's, that definitely was a nice little tease for me that he's, he's trying to make some, some stuff happen, especially for Curtis, as well as this skin tone of the black community. Good. I think that's big. I think that's a big thing. So I'm trying to get that nailed down so we can dive more into that because that's going to, it's going to be a very interesting conversation because it should be, it should be a conversation, especially now. Definitely, I'm, I'm glad that they're going to focus on, or there's something other to look forward to other than the hints that they're dropping that Curtis is Trina's father or Angel, really. Yeah. So no, uh, look forward to to listening to that when when you get that up. No, I'm definitely working. I'm I'm definitely working on the planning stages right now. I've already gotten in contact with them, and I'm going to follow up with them tomorrow just because I want to get it nailed down after the holiday. Yeah. And and go go with it because that's that's going to be a very interesting piece and i'm very excited for that for that one for sure there's a lot of people i i obviously because of the timestamp, um i want to talk to in a podcast post this because of the fact i didn't get to talk to them yeah. uh obviously one of which well, is eric martsoff and especially talk about the band the day players which i will be going to fans i will be there at the new brunswick show so if you you do run into me and see me please come over and say hi i will gladly say hi to you i don't write i love everybody obviously but uh that's gonna be interesting and he brought that up to me at the after party which also let me tell you about the after party before i forget yes um he while he mentioned about that he, he you know brandon barash knew that where they were going to be playing at was going to be near me so of course i told him yeah i'll be there so yeah. that'll be in september september 15th in new brunswick at the stress factory so make sure you guys check them out if you plan on going i will be there i already brought i already bought my ticket so <laughs> i will definitely be there for that so that's going to be a good time but um you think you like them better than the better than so day players over port chuck I've never seen Pork Chuck, number one. I've never seen, I, I really haven't. I've never seen Pork Chuck, so I don't really have an opinion about that. But 
uh, it, 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 I will say it was interesting to, uh, to see that a, a former member of that band, I, I don't even know if it's a former member, if they're still members or at all, just join this, just, just join this group. And I'm just kind of sitting here going like, um, I, is that allowed? <laughs> That's literally what I said about it when I saw the picture. Well, you so, don't even go here. <laughs> but you're on Days of Our Lives, so it makes sense. So, yeah. of course, you could be a part of it. Um, so that's going to be exciting to see that. And it, it was just funny that the music that the DJ was playing, they were also going like, yeah, this should be in our roster of of, of our covers that we play. So, and, and there were some good ones that they picked. So I'm going like, this will be interesting. So we'll see how that plays out. Uh, but the after party was absolutely phenomenal. And you I had worried that there was wasn't going to be an after party, so all soaps came together. Well, we knew. Well, the only thing we knew was well, Days had their little get together and everything, so they had that. I knew, I knew about that, but we didn't know. We knew that when we found out, we knew that the network, the other networks, weren't having it, but we knew that they were having the trustees ball. Okay. And we didn't, but I basically didn't know the extent of what the trustees ball was going to be. That was the thing. I thought it was going to be more, not necessarily quiet, but more like a dinner party esque. Yeah. Where there would have been no music, like there would be no DJ. There wasn't anything that we could get up and dance to, kind of stuff. You know, it was just they had great food. Number one, they had tremendous food at this thing, and you know, open bar. So couldn't go wrong with that, especially since my hotel was right next to the building. So all I had to do was walk next door and I was there. But, um, <laughs> but it was it was such a fantastic time. And then especially when that DJ started playing, that DJ was on point. That DJ was so on point. And I was like, you had YNR and B&B on the one end, then you had GH on the other end with, with Days. So it was like spread out across the room. So I had to keep going back and forth just to see everybody. I was so enamored with Cynthia Watros, number one. Cynthia Watros, I loved her because we both started singing Dua Lipa when they started playing that. And so when we started singing that, her and I were just like getting down to that. That was awesome for me. I loved that. Um. The other one was Kimberlyn Brown. She's a presence. Like, Listen, the highlight of that party for me was dancing with Sheila Carter. No, and I was literally, I, I, I was dying in, 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 in the fact that every, I started, I was like over there dancing. It was good, great songs playing and everything. And she just started dancing with me and we were just dancing together. And then every time I, I would come back and start, she would find me again and start dancing with me again. And now uh, we were just starting dancing. And she actually told me uh, before she left for the night, she was like, you were a really good dancer. And then she introduced herself to me. She was like, my name's Kimberlyn and shook my hand and everything. And she was like, you were great. And then she left. Biggest highlight of my night was that for sure, for sure. And I, I didn't realize until Brian Gaskell told me on Facebook that I was it. I kind of assumed I was, but I didn't realize it until he told me that I was in Ashley Jones's Facebook live and they caught me on the dance floor. She, rec she was re recording me dancing on the dance floor. And, and of course I knew about the one that Courtney Hope had, but I didn't know. I didn't know that Ashley Jones also had one of me and I was just going, all right. There it is. And it just got to a point where we were just having fun. We had the big circle. We danced in the circle that, you know, how we do. And that was that was great. It was it was such a 
freaking good night and getting uh getting Tanner Novlin to basically when I first met him that night doing his Liberty Mutual commercial. Liberty, Liberty, Liberty. Yeah. He he did that for me. He said Liberty Liberty and all that stuff for me, like he did in the commercial. But the reason that happened was because I told him when he died, quote unquote died. Yeah, we know he didn't. We knew he didn't die. We all knew he didn't die. But the thing of it was is that when he died, um, and that aired, his ad on Twitter kept coming up every single day. And I said to him, I was like, every time I would log on Twitter, they have ads. And every time the ad will pop up for Liberty Mutual is you. So <laughs> I was and, and he starts laughing. He's like, man, I died and you can't get rid of me still. And I was like, no, you are not going away. <laughs> Whoever does their social media is really good at targeting ads for B&B fans then. I think that's what it was. I think they knew I watched it. So they were like, oh, so you watched The Bold and Beautiful. Tanner Noblin's on that show. He did our ad. We're going to start showing this to you every single day. You log on to it. And that was not an exaggeration. It literally happened every day. <laughs> oh, man. After party, we got, it was it was very entertaining. It was very, it was, it was a phenomenal time. It just everybody was able to finally let loose and able to have a good time after two and a half years. Yeah. They were able to celebrate. They were able to have fun. It was it was a great time. And uh, I'm gonna call this out just so you know. If people go on my Instagram and they see that picture of me and Courtney Hope that I posted, and because someone commented on it, I'm telling you right now, no, we are not dating. Please, I tried to respond to that and it wouldn't let me because the person who asked that question, not necessarily blocked, but it says that if you're not following them, you can't answer them. It's like Twitter in that sense. Yeah, so you, you hear it here first. You are not dating Courtney Hope, although I'm sure it'll be a step up for her. <laughs> that was the comment. So <laughs> that was the comment that it was. That was the comment that they wrote. It was going like, "I see Courtney upgraded. I shipped it." And then that's when they're. That's when the person came in. It's like, "Oh my God, they're dating." And I'm like, "No, we're not dating." Why did you put that out? No. <laughs> so that that's not a thing. And it just, it just made me laugh because there was a, a, an interview I did at the Daytime Emmys a few years back with Donnell Turner. And it was the same thing, not necessarily the same thing, but the same scenario, which was on the, the video uh, interview that we did. Um, it was the pre-party and we were going and it was at the Hollywood Museum. So, you know, I met him there because I was going there as well. Yes. And he went with Laura Wright there to the event that night. And people started swirling about thinking that him and Laura Wright were dating. Obviously, this was before Wes. So um, people went on online and, and I saw the tweets, too. So it, it definitely was something that I caught. And they went online and said they thought that him and her were dating. And then that's when he said to me, when, when we did our interview, he said, I'm going on the record right now for all of you that are watching this. Laura and I are not dating. Just because we came to this event together does not mean that we're dating. So, <laughs> hey, it sounds like you had an amazing week, amazing weekend, amazing night. You I'm were still on a high. Still on a high. I love it. And uh, thank you so much for for sharing all your stories about the daytime Emmys. I uh, can't wait for you to go again next year. And uh, looking forward to watching your interviews. Can you tell us uh, where to find them and where to follow you on social? 
Absolutely. So everybody, you can watch my my videos at buzzworthyradiocast.com. It's getting updated every day. So make sure you guys go to that website, refresh the page. You might see something new later tonight. You will see something later tonight for sure. But uh, keep looking at it every day this week. Uh, it'll be updated every single day. You can follow me on Twitter at Buzzworthy Radio. And if you want to follow my personal account, follow that too, at Novel J. Lee. I tend to not post a lot of soap stuff on on that side. It's more like fun facts and all that other stuff. But uh, there, there's some soap stuff that creep in there a little bit but that that's more of my pop culture stuff on, on that on that side of thing and then you can follow me on instagram at buzzmap and it was great talking to you man this was absolutely fun oh and also if i can plug this please, please let me plug this the, you can catch me on forever in a day podcast um i just posted the fact that i got my award award you want an award yes you're an award that yeah. was that was an exciting moment back in April during the uh, the indie series awards and they announced that forever in a day won for best ensemble cast for audio fiction and literally blew my mind literally blew my mind I'm so happy I get to play with these people I will say that my character Callum Beckham on that show there I I just heard there's gonna be some interesting juicy things coming down the pike so it's it's exciting for this character from what I'm being told that I'm not going to reveal yeah. because it's it's really good. It's so good. I can't wait to play it. I'm so proud of this character and what and what these writers are doing for him. It's going to be so much fun, man. I can't wait for you guys to to check this out. I'm I'm back. I will say I will be back recording this month and then my scenes will air sometime later in the fall. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, you never know. Hopefully, I'll have another one of these under my belt. If I have a sister next year, you never know. Where can we where can we listen to this? Uh, so if you go, I believe this site. I always get this wrong because I always go f a a d dot com. But I might. I'm gonna have to get back to you on that. And I apologize. Oh, but yeah. uh, you can you can follow it on on Twitter at at f a a d podcast. Okay. As well. And that's the same handle that's on Instagram. Great. We'll we'll list it in the comments. So thank you so much. And uh, we're looking forward to everything you're working on. Thank you so much, man. It, it really a, was truly a blessing to be here with you. I appreciate it.